going back to the motherland, going from banging mothers to cousins, and being gay is how you show your love. We're going home sweet home with the final two episodes of Rami. Home is where the heart is after all. La la la. We are talking Hulu's Rami, the final two episodes, episodes nine and ten. Dude, where's my country? And Cairo Cowboy, the After Buzz After Show starts right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz That singing with La La La, La La, was amazing. I mean, that was some Sufism at its greatest. And of course, I'm talking about Rami. We are getting to the nitty gritty, episodes 9 and 10. Uh... I'm sad that Rami's done, but I can't wait because we already know that we got a season two. So that's a great that's a great sign. And also we have a a bit of interesting uh, concepts with Rami because his comedy is touring all over the country. So if you can catch him live and you will see a lot of the show in person with him because Rami is based on him as a person and it's such a great millennial Muslim perspective. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Tehran. Salamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wasahlan, everybody. I'm so glad that each and every one of you is here with us and you are all a part of the panel. Uh, of course, more than us. We love hearing all about your thoughts in the comments below. So continue those comments and let us know what you're thinking we're going to be breaking down hulu's rami episodes 9 and 10 dude where's my country and cairo cowboy our breakdown today in episode 9 will include going to egypt the plane ride cousin shady uh the family talking politics at the table the ipad the party cousin shady breaks it down a new cute girl amani but she's not what you think. And of course, in episode 10, Cairo Cowboy, we get to go see Ghetto, who is Rami's grandfather. That's the little slang. Friend, thumbs up cousin, uh, the trip to the village, Ghetto himself, the funeral, Amani's Egypt. We get to see Egypt from Amani's perspective. Uh, Amani, 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 because this was an Amani-filled episode. The kiss. News and gossip, our special segment, Learning How to Speak Rami, where we learn a new Rami word each and every week, and so much more. So stay tuned as we get into this. Overall thoughts on the episodes. Now, episode nine, uh, Dude, Where's My Country, was a very strong episode, and I will break down why. Number one, the fact that Rami's going to Egypt and broke down every aspect of that trip was amazing. It was brilliant to do so because we get to see Rami's exploration of not only Egypt, the motherland, but Egypt within his own heart, who he thinks Egypt is, and what Egypt has actually become. And that happens a lot to people who live in a diaspora outside of their original country. A lot of people, including my own family, struggles with the concept of what they think that country is and what that country actually has become now in the modern day. The people are not the people you still think of. Also, what I really liked about Dude, Where's My Country?, is the concept of Shady, the cousin, was a realistic portrayal of someone who is in a foreign land who you would expect. A lot of Americans who travel don't realize how many people love America. 
They love America. They love speaking English. They have all the knowledge of pop culture and everything that goes on. And we get to meet Shady, who's who's basically some kid who could be born in Brooklyn or down the street or in New Jersey with Rami. So that was a very good look. Um, watching how the family interacts and the subtle nuances of getting that Middle Eastern, uh, that Middle Eastern character, that Middle Eastern, that in itself is its own character. Like that should play the whole concept of what Middle Eastern culture is like, but the nuances, that is a subtle character that's throughout the show and especially prevalent in this one. Here we are in Egypt. And so it's, it's everywhere you go. The things that only fly when you go to a third world, to so to speak, right? You go to this concept because it's so different than America. And yet, a lot of times you have to realize how similar they they are. Here we get one, the concept of a Chili's. Like, uh, Shady's like, let's go to Chili's. And it's like, There's Chili's in Egypt? Yeah, of course. What, did you think it was only on, it was only on Slauson? There is a Chili's in Egypt. There's a Chili's in Cairo. There's a Pizza Hut. There's there's McDonald's everywhere you go. So it, it's that understanding. And of course, the politics surprised us. We saw a lot of politics talk and we're like, wow, that's so surprising. Um, and, and of course, you get a lot of comedy that Rami's comedy on stage translates. And one of the bits he does about his cousin, we get to see played out in real life. And it was very fun. So episode nine, of course, was a great episode let's break that down first let's talk about going to egypt here rami as his father says as farouk brings brings up is running away he's running away of course he had that whole situation with uh uh salma and he's he needs to get out of the the wife of of a fellow mosque member he needs to get out of the country he listens to his grandfather's tapes and he gets this sense of going home and what egypt might be able to do for him he wants to go be more connected to his roots and anyone who's had that experience uh any anyone once again part of the diaspora has that experience where you're like a part of you wishes or likes or reminisces over that old country or at least the tales that we've heard about the old country a lot of times it's not the reality a lot of times it's the concept of this is what it was when i left my memory trumps all things that are actual and real and we get that with Rami. He gets on the plane uh, and he's listening to the tapes and he's listening to his grandfather's voice and the speech and the things that he sang to what was his father. But a lot of them actually relate specifically directly to Rami and Rami's current situation. But going to Egypt is not that easy. Anyone who's traveled to to the motherland of any type knows it's not that easy to just get up and go. You don't just go backpack like you do Europe. No, 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 no. You take suitcases on suitcases on suitcases of stuff for everyone else. I mean, that's the worst part. You take so much stuff for everyone because a lot of things that are readily available in the United States is not easily available overseas. So we get that being gay is a form of showing love. Getting extra strength being gay is not an easy thing. We don't get a lot of American name brands and American products and American quality once you start going overseas. Even something like Apple. Did you all know that Apple, for example, in the Middle East and Apple in the United States are so different that Apple in the United States won't return or accept Apple products from, from the Middle East? They're just different quality. They're different product. And and that's a real thing. And a lot of people don't talk about these things. A lot of people don't touch on them. And I'm so glad that Rami did. Of course, that's what we've 
grown to love about Rami and Rami Youssef's idea of what his show is about is is touching on the truth, whether it makes you uncomfortable or not. So we get him getting on the plane and someone cutting their toenails and their fingernails right next to him. Uh, and, and and it's interesting because when you do get on these Egypt Air or 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 Air Tel Aviv or any of these Turkish airlines, when you get on these, Turkish actually is a little more, is a little nicer. It's very different. When you start going back, it's an interesting concept of how it is. The people on the flight, the the feel, the 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 even something as simple as, as the facial expressions changes. Because a lot of people have to also realize that communication is not just everything we say. 80% of it is nonverbal. So body language and communication is very different in different parts of the world. And we see that. We see how things are different socially accepted, how people feel like travel is different. Rami tries to take one suitcase. His family doesn't let him. Rami thinks he's going to be comfortable on a plane full of Egyptians going back to Egypt. They don't let him. It's an uncomfortable trip, and, and Rami's starting to feel like, hey, I'm in a foreign country. That's one of the things we don't realize when we leave this country. The rest of the world is very different. You need to see it from that perspective. So we get this breakdown where he's going to Egypt. And when he gets to this plane ride, it's an uncomfortable one. There's babies crying. It's It's got the third world feel as soon as you are in the air. He gets that third world feel. Then he lands and he wants to go outside and breathe this Egyptian air. And you get the taxi drivers in Egypt. You get the taxi driver. And this is a real thing. The Egyptian taxi drivers are there waiting for you. I actually talk about some of this stuff in my stand-up from when I've been to Egypt or the Middle East. And, and they're waiting for you and they're like vying for your attention and your business. And, of course, Cousin Shady appears. Cousin Shady, uh, and it's not Shady, it's Shady. Uh, Cousin Shady appears, and he is, Rami is waiting to meet this Egyptian cousin. He's thinking it's going to be a pharaoh or or someone in, in a buyer or something like that who comes out. And no, no, it's Cousin Shady who's American. Cousin Shady's a homie. He even uses the word nigga. He uses the N-word profusely to the point where Rami's like, it's uncomfortable that you're saying that. And Shady goes, why? Egypt is in Africa. Egypt, we are Africans. And if that's what the purpose of that word is, then why aren't we allowed to use it? Well, that's actually a point of contention that comes up a lot is you see a lot of people in foreign nations who talk about things like this, who use the N-word, for example, because there is no racial context or connotation behind the N-word the way there is in the United States and the Western world. There is none. They're just getting it because it's a pop part of pop, pop culture. They're listening to rap songs, they're listening to hip-hop, and they're saying, well, this is the way people express themselves in the United States, then that's what I should be allowed to do they don't understand the racial divide that the word causes rami is bringing his western values and morals and ideologies to an eastern world it's very different and it conflicts that doesn't mean one is better than the other or vice versa it just means that they are different and shady is a constant reminder of that but shady is very American, but he's still Egyptian. He's still getting everything secondhand. He brings up how his English is premium because he went to an American university, which is a, a common thing. A lot of times when you go to foreign countries, a lot of people actually, you'd be surprised how many people speak English and pick up on the nuances because they, they intake all of our pop culture. One of the biggest exports of the United States is entertainment. We ship everyone our movies. We ship everyone our music. We ship everyone our TV. And so people just gobble, 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 
take it up. They soak it in. The Kardashians are extremely popular overseas. They see a lot of things. So here we go. This guy knows about shoes. He's like, are those the new J's or, uh, Let's go hang out. Let's f- have fun. I'm going to take you to a Chili's. He's he's this American, but it's also from a perspective. He's getting it secondhand. It's almost as if he's playing telephone with the culture. The same way, on the flip side, Rami's doing the same thing, except with the Egyptian culture. Rami's trying to relate on an Egyptian level. He's trying to speak Arabic. He's trying to uh, communicate in the mother tongue. He's trying to connect more with his Egyptian roots. And he doesn't realize, when you're looking at the pyramids in Egypt... There's a Pizza Hut that kind of blocks your view. There's a huge Pepsi sign right there. I mean, it's where the old world meets the new world. That's the concept. That's the Egypt that we all don't know. Yes, you're on the street with cars, and then there's a camel. And the cars are, the traffic is crazy. You want to talk about real traffic? That's Egypt. Traffic is crazy. So Cousin Shady's there, and Cousin Shady is like, the, he's he's the plug. He's kind of plugged into Egypt. He's the Egyptian kid, uh, and he knows everyone. And that's what leads later to the pa- to the party that we're gonna get to. But before then, now we get introduced to the rest of the family. We get we get to meet all the chals and the chalus, the aunts and the uncles on, on mom's side. And when we meet them, we realize how much of a Middle Eastern family they are everyone's just loud and talking and they're so excited to get all their all their gifts they're so excited to go through and rummage like it's like a sale it's like going to a store that everything's for free and they're picking things up and of course Rami's uncle finds the iPad in his personal bag the iPads that were his responsibility that Mo gave him and and there he goes and he looks through them and we see the uncle does the most Middle Eastern thing he's like oh this one's for me thank you and Rami's trying to be really nice and middle eastern and that's a cultural thing is that you don't just express no especially to a person who's an elder you show so much respect you you kind of just have to let them take it in fact sometimes you go to these stores and you're about to buy something and they'll say something to the effect of no just take it don't pay and people from the western world might not understand that and might they might take it literal but it's just a cultural nuance this cultural nuance of of being giving while still actually not it's an interesting dynamic and uh and here we see the uncle has that we also see the aunt say oh and i cook this i know your mom can't cook this and i do this and i know your mom can't do that it's just a bit of playful sibling rivalry uh, because she is apparently the older aunt the aunt that uh stayed at home while the younger one went off to america so she's making that making that concept happen right so then uh we get the this whole side of like rami's dad's family who's who's an authentic egyptian family right uh amu and am and um and, and we see them around the dinner table and we see them making sure that Rami's full fled, uh, fed, even though he doesn't want to eat some of the stuff. Rami's a little apprehensive. This is food that he's not used to or accustomed to simply because, sure, we have an American version of Arabic food or whatever, Middle Eastern food here. But we're not used to always that authentic cuisine. Even myself, I don't like certain things. Like, I don't like mensaf, for example, that you'll find in, in Palestine and Lebanon and, and Jordan. I'm not a big mensaf fan. It has milk and stuff that I don't want in my rice 
It's just the thing. It's just you grow up eating what you are accustomed to. And that's one thing. We always just assume that what we do and what we eat and and how our moms cook is always going to be the best. And that's not the case. It's just there's different uh, different strokes for different folks. So the family's sitting around and they're eating pigeon, something we might not be so accustomed to here, right? Uh, and 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 we see... Rami's aunt, of course, like I said, make that quip about how Rami's mom can't cook this, but I can. That's just a little bit of like that family rivalry, right? She's the sister of the uh, of the dad, and she wants to be like I'm. I'm the elder. I'm the one who can do stuff. Uh, our family's a little better. That's also a very Middle Eastern thing, where there's almost a rivalry between the both families that get together, and yet there's a camaraderie as well. Um, they talk politics at the table, probably a big no-no in the United States because it's going to cause a fight. But there you see something interesting. You hear the perspective that a lot of Egyptians and actual a lot of people in the Middle East actually like President Trump. People like President Trump. And we get that conversation. And Shady says it's Stockholm Syndrome. They're used to being punished. So someone who's like... This manner, and he equates President Trump to a dictator, is something they're used to. And that was the subtle subtle double entendre where Rami's saying, on one hand, the Middle Eastern people do actually talk about Trump in a positive way. They see him as a strong president. There are people who think that, they, that President Trump will be the reason for the liberation of their, of their lifestyle and or country. That is a true thing. So it was very shocking for us as an audience to look at that and understand that. Because we're thinking that here, President Trump in the United States tends to seemingly have a lot of things to say against the Middle Eastern countries and Muslims. And yet they feel that this is a thing. And the aunt brings up Susan Sarandon likes Trump. Who are you? Are you better than Susan Sarandon? <laughs> and that's such a, such a Middle Eastern Arab thing to say. It was so great watching them talk about it. Politics is a very common theme in Arab tables and Middle Eastern tables. It's a very common theme in the life. People talk politics very openly. They talk about hating politics and hating countries and hating people and killing them. And it's all... It's not literal. In a lot of times, it's a lot of figurative and metaphorical speak. It's, it's a way of speaking that's actually a very old way. Uh, it's, it's, and I mean that in a traditional sense where it's like thousands of years of how people talk when they're talking amongst themselves is very different than how people talk when they are in public. And it's, it's a great way to sow that. Now we get the iPad storyline. Well, when I'm talking about the iPad storyline is the iPads. And this is something that people might not understand either. There is a big trade-off where people go from the United States to the Middle East and they take things that are hard or difficult or expensive in the Middle East, but not as expensive here. And iPads is one of them. There was a time where iPhones and, and uh, iPhones and and other and beat headphones were actually way less expensive in the United States than the Middle East. So you would take it to the Middle East. You would take a couple with you on, under the under the guys that you were going to give them to family members, and you would sell them to recoup the plane ticket, the cost of the ticket, or or make some money for yourself while you're there. And that's what Mo is planning to do with these iPads and taking them to Egypt. Something that's a little difficult and very expensive to find in Egypt. 
we have readily available at every single mall across America. So he takes, Arami takes one, takes them, but of course, Amu takes one of the iPads and is loving it, by the way, loving it. He's talking about how this is going to change my life. So Rami cannot get it back from him. Rami is supposed to take it to a, a contact Mo has in a store and exchange it for money and for a cell phone because cell phones are very coveted when you go to the Middle East. Now, if you have T-Mobile service, you can basically go all over the world because there is no roaming. T-Mobile is the biggest is the biggest uh, cell phone provider in the world. So that's another thing a lot of people don't realize. Rami, you, we, you know how we have the little uh, the little SIM cards. When you go to the military, you should get a SIM card, put it in your phone, because you do not want to roam. Every minute will be $2,950 million. Like, you don't want to roam when you're in the Middle East. So he's getting, a, he's getting an Egyptian number. And he has these iPads. And, of course, he can only hand over two because Amu has the third one. And the, the hookup is like, hey, I, I promised my customer three. And that, that is such a Middle Eastern thing where you cannot reclaim something that you that was appeared to be a gift rami does not he can't he doesn't have even though he even tries amu's like oh i can't believe you're doing it you're taking away this gift oh my god i can't believe it and he leaves with the gift meaning that effectively even though rami brought it up and tried to get it back he still didn't get it back and now he has to deal with the shame so we get all those affects of of the nuances and subtleties of going to the middle east Finally, now we enter the party. Party time! Shady's so insistent about going to the party. Rami wants to get some sleep and stay home. He can't wait to get to the village his grandfather's at and be a part of that. He wants to get, he doesn't want to come here to party. He wants to, to Egypt. He doesn't want to go to Egypt to party, even though they probably have, a, trust me, Egypt has amazing parties. Some of the best parties in the world happen in these, the countries that you wouldn't, would least expect it. However, Rami wants to just get to the village and see his grandfather and get back to his roots because he's had this, what seems to be like, even at 20-something, a midlife crisis, right? He's just gotten this, this midlife crisis of morality and, and reflection and insight into who he is. He's reflective at this time. And Shady's just being himself. He's in Egypt. His cousin's visiting. Let's go have fun. This is a vacation. Let's go have fun. And takes Rami to the party. And Rami is not fitting in. He is alienating friends. He's bringing up things because a lot of times we watch things on the news and we talk about it. But to them, it was reality. It wasn't news. It wasn't a TV show. And it wasn't a tweet. And in this case, I'm speaking about the Arab Spring in 2009 in which there wasn't a, a, a huge revolution in Egypt and with Mubarak and everything. And it was just not, even though on, on television in the United States, it seemed like a a fascinating time just to just just news but in egypt it was very real it wasn't tv it wasn't news it was it was outside your door there was a revolution people lost their lives people were put in jail people were punished people got trampled people didn't want to have this happen were brought in and involved i mean it wasn't a fun time and and shady brings it up and says in the beginning they had akin Rami to Ashton Kutcher for his looks. And they said, I feel like Ashton Kutcher. Dude, where's my country? Rami he tells Rami, stop bringing this stuff up. We don't want to talk about it. We're not 
to him, it's like we're not zoo animals for you to just look into us and touch on us because you're here right now. This is, there's nothing cool or interesting about what happened. This was a horrible time for Egypt, and, and we don't know. We're looking for our, our new identity now, and that's a very real thing. I mean, he breaks it down for Rami, and they have, they have a bit of a conflict uh, over it, and Rami knows that, yeah, he's interested, but you get that sense where Rami knows or at least understands, hey, I'm a stranger in my own land. I don't fit in here, and that's one of the the affects of being a part of a diaspora. Then a shining beacon of hope. We get this new cute girl pops up and her name's Amani and she's cute and she has curly hair and she's gorgeous. She's Egyptian and she's friendly and she's funny and she's sweet. And Rami's like, Ooh, I met this cute girl who's trying to go to another party. Maybe we should meet up with her. And he doesn't know who she is. He doesn't know who she is. And we don't realize that Amani is actually Rami's cousin until later when he's at home uh, suffering from diarrhea that he got from drinking the water. Note to everyone out there, when you are in a foreign land, do not drink the water. Do not drink the water, especially straight out of the faucet. I don't even do that here. I don't even do that in California. Uh, I mean, let's not act like Flint, Michigan isn't a real thing. That is a real thing for a lot of the rest of the world. And on top of that, there's bacterias in, in different parts of the world that we're not used to. We've become accustomed to the bacterias that are surrounding our home or at least the United States. And, of course, we have a variety of vaccinations and, and cross-pollinizations that uh, affect us differently. The food there, the, the, way they, the way they prepare it, a lot of things is very different. The bacteria is different and does not always mix well. Rami gets diarrhea. Honestly, I'm not going to lie, happens to me more often than I'd like to admit when I go overseas. Rami gets diarrhea, he's sick to the stomach, he's, he's coming in and out of the bathroom, and he runs into the cute girl that he met at the party, and he's like, whoa, what are you doing here? She's like, what do you mean, I, I was just getting some water. And he's like, oh, because you live here, you're my cousin, yeah, my cousin, Oh, my cousin. And here we had an initial attraction. Of course, the person turns out to be his cousin. And we see that. And we actually get a lot of that in Rami's humor and his comedy on stage. And that's why it's a very strong, profound moment for the show. Now, before we go on, I do want to say I want to thank each and every one of you for being as much, if not more, a, more so a part of this panel than all of us here at AfterBuzz. We appreciate you. And to be honest, I personally host a variety of AfterBuzz after shows and panel on them because I love the same shows that you do at home. And I love to talk about it. And more so, I love the fact that you all like to talk about them too. So please do us a favor. I know you're part of the AfterBuzz family. All you have to do is share, subscribe, and comment. That's it. Just share, subscribe, and comment. It's the easiest thing ever. doesn't matter what you write. We'd love to hear from you. We enjoy your ideas and thoughts on the shows and on each and every one of us. So please tell your friends to tell their friends. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five-star rating we so greatly deserve. And go ahead and comment there, too. Boost us up to the top of that search file. And we appreciate it because we thank you for making us keep being you allowing us to keep being the espn of tv talk all right let's get to episode 10 cairo cowboy the last episode of this season one cairo cowboy which rami turns out to be we see rami waking up in the morning and he wants to go see his his grandfather going to see ghetto that was like the tr journey the track the adventure i want to get to grandfather he, i've been here for a day i i'm sick i'm I'm just going through so much. I just realized that this girl who I who had a who had like eyes for googly eyes for in the beginning is my actual physical 
cousin. This is my uncle's daughter. I don't know if I can do this. I need to just go. I need to go. I need to go. I need to, I need to get to my grandfather. And of course, Shady doesn't want to wake up. So who comes to the rescue? Amani, a girl I'm in love with, who's my cousin, hires a, hires a driver, a driver that's a friend of the family to take Rami to see Gitto. But we also get this concept where Amani is the savior. Amani is, uh, she's like, she's just savvy and she's smart and she's sweet. And we even get the thumbs up from Mo and Dave we and, and Ahmed as they, they call and they Skype in. And we get this like FaceTime where Mo is like, Rami, you messed up the iPad thing. And then Ahmed, played by Dave, uh, Ahmed's like, yeah, but on your defense, I told him you were going to screw up because you're just irresponsible. Uh, and, and that's the first conversation. And then, of course, they see the cousin. They're like, whoa, who is that? Rami's like, that's my cousin, my actual cousin. And Mo's like, so? Keep it in the family. And we touch on a very touchy subject for many people, which is that it's still sometimes customary in many places overseas for cousins to get married. Something that is extremely taboo, especially here in the United States. Cousins getting married is the basis of jokes. It's the basis of states that we stay away from. It's something that's more common. It's not extremely common. It's not the most common. But it is more common than we would like to admit in the rest of the world. And it's something that a lot of people keep on the down, and they don't talk about. However, it does happen, and it's uh, it's a simple procedure, and it, and it's something that does happen. And it's reflective of a true uh, vision of things that are very Middle Eastern and very third world. It doesn't matter where you are or, or where you're from. It's it's a true thing, and the friends give a thumbs up to that. Now, we need to get out of this situation. Rami needs to get out of this. So, of course, he goes to that trip to the village. When he's on that trip to the village, the car right there is a classic, classic con- concept of driving in Egypt. What it takes, driving around camels, uh, honking, not having a seatbelt that works. The driver is not paying attention to one point where he says... Sometimes I just drive with my ears and Rami's like, well, this time, this time, can we drive with our eyes? Look forward. Stop talking to me. It's, it's, it's a cross between, um, it's cross between that and what we talk about that Uber ride or that Lyft driver that we have in the United States. It's a very similar concept. We get there and even the car breaks down the car. Rami's like, what's that noise with the car? Oh no, it's fine. And then the car breaks down and it's so normal that the guy's like, what? It's just, it breaks down. You know, we're here. We'll probably be here no more than a couple hours or till tomorrow, just in the middle of the desert. Man, just that con, it was so, it made me anxious. I know how that feels being in that, in that cab ride, dealing with that driver, with that old guy who just wants to talk and talk and talk your head off. Rami decides to walk, probably the best course of action, but at the worst time, you're walking during the midday in a desert. I don't think you understand what that feels like. I mean, it's biblical how much of a torture that is to walk in a desert. He walks in the desert to what the fields are that his grandfather's fields. His grandfather, we learn, is a strawberry farmer and has all these strawberries, something that is a very much a product of Egypt, is strawberries. And, and that's why we have strawberries year-round. We get that piece of information Back in episode four. 
Here we see that Rami is walking in the desert and he's seeing mirages and having hallucinations. I mean, it's hot, you're sweaty, and a lot of people don't realize you cover to keep the heat off you. You would think, oh, no, because your body temperature is actually less warm or less hot than the actual temperature. So you cover so you stay cool at 98 degrees and not overheat at 110 or 120 that that beating sun can possibly be. He walks a long way. Now, it looks like he walks, I would say, something like three miles, just looking and judging from the distance, but we're not sure. And that's when he gets to Gitu. That's when he gets to his grandfather. Getting to his grandfather was like a revelation for him. He sees his grandfather. His grandfather comes off. It's this very wise Man, a haji, uh, that's someone who's taken the pilgrimage to Mecca, someone who's, who's just a very wise and understanding man who's learned a lot in his years. He comes off that way and even admits he wasn't always so, but in his older age, and that's something that we, uh, that a lot of people, especially we, we respect in the Middle East is the older age, the experience, the, the listening to your elders, looking up to your elders, that experience is invaluable. And he feels that Rami feels that way towards his grandfather. His grandfather's dropping bars to everything he's saying. Like, I've learned how to take things slow and be patient and understand. I was upset at your father, but now I realize that I must pass on my knowledge to the grandson. And that is you. You're the most important thing. And and he's getting to know his grandfather. He's getting to know his roots. He's he's growing as a person like a tree. And, and he's just in that mode. And, of course, grandfather kills over and dies. At least he got to see Rami before he passed. He passes, and Rami's just in shock. And we, we cut to the funeral. Now, at the funeral, Rami's grandfather was older. Uh, we knew he was going to pass. And even though it's extremely sad to have anyone pass, we also know and understand that life is about death and vice versa. And that we get death, especially in old age. And so no one is surprised that Gitu passed. People are just, it's just a sad occasion and everyone's there. Uh, but not everyone is taking it sadly. We have Amu who's, of course, filming everything on his iPad. And he's using it in the most obnoxious of way and not utilizing people's personal space, something that's a very Middle Eastern thing to do as well. And then, of course, we have Amani who's just tired and it's just like, oh, I can't. Like, she's not like I, I'm sick of being here, but it's like oh, everyone's acting a certain way, but that's not really how they feel. They understand that this is just life. And Amani does the most Amani thing to do, which was a very cute and attractive thing to Rami. She does the whole, like, like the fake pulling a trigger, like, oh, I'm so done with this. And Rami goes, did you just do that at a funeral? And that's where their adventure begins. So now we had the adventure, which was Getu, change over into the adventure, which is Amani. And we get to see Amani's Egypt. And we get to see Amani's Egypt, and we start off uh, with, a trip uh, to a Sufi temple. And Sufism is a concept. It's very similar to Kabbalah with Judaism. Sufism is a mysticism of Islam. And that's where we get them singing. We get the group singing. And of course, they are singing La Allah, uh, la which is basically uh, there is there is only one God, which is God. And, and it's, uh, and they're singing it, something that would not be done in a mosque. And it was very intense. It was a very powerful scene as they're all coming together in this form of, of energy and dispersal and universe in accordance with Islam and Amani and Rami catch eyes. 
And it's not, and so they go on this adventure in, in, in Egypt, and it's not the only time. They catch eyes, they're at the hookah bar, which to any other situation would possibly be a date as they're talking about their intimate details of one another uh, and enjoying. And then Amani says, let's go. And they see more, they see buildings, they see architecture, especially since we find out a lot more about Amani. But we realize Amani's view of this Egypt is very artistic. They get on the back of a moped, both of them, on a guy who's on a moped. And that's a very Middle Eastern thing. I, I mean, there are videos of uh, a moped driver, and it's like a mom holding a baby, two kids, and a goat and a cousin. Like it's it's like very intense how they drive and get around. It's actually very brazen and brave. And I think it's crazy at sometimes because I could never do it. But you see that Rami's holding on to the driver, and that's a very common thing to get around. It's easy to get around with the moped. And they're looking, and Egypt is this beautiful, wonderful, artistic place full of hope and, and inspiration and old world meeting new world and clashing and and meshing, and it's just so so peaceful under this guise of who Amani is. They even see an actual Sufi dance uh, in full gear. And when you see that Sufi dance, uh, it's just, it's just a beautiful situation. It's a beautiful, beautiful, seemingly beautiful artistic motion. You see the, the bottom of the, the flip come up and it's just like a circle and it's very prevalent in middle eastern art especially in iran uh of sufism so we learn more about amani amani is a very deep person amani has a lot that's going on in fact we didn't know but she was married and then divorced which is a very tough thing sometimes in the middle east and and she explains that as she says guys either want a virgin uh they want a virgin or they just want to sleep with you on the first date. They they don't have a middle ground. And that's a, that's a sense that a lot of people have in dating in the Middle East. Now, of course, not everything is true about everyone, of course. However, this is a sense. It's the understanding. And once you break that ground, you're no longer uh, a good girl. She's having these concepts, but it's not how Rami feels. Rami doesn't feel any of those things or have any of those taboos. In fact, he says and states, I'm, I've, I come, I've come here... I've come here, uh, maybe I've come here to let my guard down. Maybe I've come here to just let things happen. And Amani says, Rami, we're cousins. And, and they start touching hands, and it's like, yeah, we're cousins. But Rami, we're cousins. Yeah, yeah, we're cousins. And then the kiss. There is a kiss, kissing cousins, an idea that's that we've heard of before, but it's still shocking to see kissing cousins. Oh, my gosh. Uh I must say, I must say that Rosaline Elbe, who is playing Amani, does a fantastic job of portraying the subtle nuances of who a Middle Eastern girl, especially growing up in this different age, would be. She's strong. She's smart. She's fun she's got ideas it's not the in unfortunately in the western world you always kind of think of middle eastern women as as subservient or in some way or thing it's not like that at all this is a very strong powerful woman and we see a lot of strong powerful women portrayed throughout we see dina we see now we see we see amani and and before we had even seen the mom they're some they're assertive they're themselves it's a very powerful thing to see Women portrayed in this light, especially when the unfortunate stereotype of Middle Eastern women is is 
exact opposite of this. And But with that kiss, we still get that shocking cousin effect. And we're like, whoa, this is craziness. Uh, and it sets so much up for the next season. We can't wait. Like, what's going to happen with this? Rami doesn't know how to stay out of trouble. But what isn't trouble? Uh, let's get into some news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. Yes, Vox recently did an article on Rami and states that Rami, our Hulu's Rami, is one of the top five best shows of 2019. That's right. It is up there with such esteemed shows as uh, as as uh, Voss Readum and other shows, even Game of Thrones. And here, Rami, our little old Rami, is just the little show that could. It is trucking through. And we're definitely getting a second season. And now we all know why. I'm saying that there is going to be some Emmy nods for this show. And Vox seems to agree. So thank you so much, each and every one of you who watched. Because we're the ones making this happen. Uh, Spreading the word and that grassroots effect with Rami is definitely working. What happened is everyone said it was so good and started telling everyone about it. And we appreciate that. So let them know about the after show as well. For our special segment, we learn how to speak Rami. We learn a new Arabic word each every week, a word that we might have heard on the show. This week's word is going to be Masalema. Masalema uh, means bye. Masalema means bye, and that's what's going on with Rami right now. It's Masalema time because we're bye. We're we're done with uh, with season one. Episode 10 was the final one of this venture, but we do have another 10-episode season that will be airing next year, uh, season two. So I cannot wait till we get some of that. But from now until then, do you know what? You can find me, y'all. You can find me at I am Tehran all across the board. That's I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N. And I also host a slew of After Buzz After Shows right here talking about all your favorite programs. So make sure to check me out and tell your friends to tell their friends as well. Uh, until next Rami season, I guess all I have to say is Masalema. Masalema, everybody. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.